Welcome to the Nat and Sarah Show, where we aim to touch, move, and inspire you every single week. Really? We're really going to introduce our own show? Maybe we should leave it to the pro. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. One second, ladies. Here we go. Sarah Maxwell and Natalie Cook are experts in visualization and deliberate use of the law of attraction. As dynamic world athletes representing Canada and Australia in beach volleyball, they honed in on achievement at the highest level. Winning an Olympic gold medal on her home beach of Bondi is a pinnacle example. Their powerful techniques transmute the spiritual to the tangible, allowing thousands of their community members to bring their vision boards to life. Recently, they've taken their expertise on the road as the full-time family, where they inspire, coach, and lead people to create their unique, deliberate family life using a simplified three-step process. Welcome to the Nat and Sarah Show. Join us for twice-weekly episodes. Each week, Nat and Sarah will teach us how to deliberately create results in all areas of life using their unique three-step process. Not only that, they'll also sit down with some of their favorite high achievers who have manifested what most merely dream about. Are you a member of the community? Go to bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show to download your three-step journal to follow along with each workshop style teaching episode and get ready to take action on your inspirations. Hey dreamers. Today we continue the conversation with a man who is up for making the world a better place. Hailing from Massachusetts, he may not even know I know that. I often wonder if this little boy who was finally adopted at four could imagine the life of purpose he is now leading. As the global voice for men's empowerment, he specializes in men's psychology and male-centered healing. Traveling the world, delivering workshops to men who are courageous enough to deep dive on subjects such as identity, power, control, sex, sexuality, relationships, anxiety, and even their inner child. These are the big topics that have traditionally been ignored, especially where men are concerned. So welcome, Juvan, to our growing community of dreamers. We are attracting people who are ready to take their life on. You are the perfect person to speak to them at this juncture. So if you can get yourself in the energy of like readiness with a dose of uncertainty, that might, you might struggle with that one, and a pinch of hope and promise. Because this is where our troop mainly finds themselves right now. So, you know, we've been going at this since the beginning of 2019. And there's a real sense of people getting clear on what they want to do. And the how to actually make it happen. We're really in that zone. So I'd love them to get to know you the way we were so lucky to get to know you. So if you could give us a little landscape of your beginnings, um, position us so you're like this little wee bub and now if for those of you who can't see him but this is like one of the longest tallest men this beautiful black man that our blonde daughter was laying by the pool with so just get the visual right there um but here you are you know you were once little too and your mom had a substance abuse problem that you publicly say and your dad also passed away so what about this early start to life javon helped you helped shape your current reality? Yeah, that's a great question. First of all, I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me on and thinking so highly of me. I think the world of both of you guys in my little bugaboo 
<laughs> baby girl. I love you guys so much. I just appreciate how the two of you show up in the world as parents, as individuals, and as just huge hearts. I, I love you guys dearly. So my story, I think that the most important thing, giving you some broad strokes of, of my journey, is I grew up in a household with all women. I'm the oldest okay. of five and the only boy. My mother was a teenage mom when she got pregnant with me and strongly encouraged to have an abortion, but she did not, thank God, because I'm here. And um, she turned 19 to two kids. My father got diagnosed with leukemia. He was 29 years old and passed away. So here my mother is 19 with two kids, a baby raising a baby. And as we all do when we're in pain, we turn to an outlet. And unfortunately for my mother, it was drugs and alcohol. And for the entirety of her life, she struggled with that. And it resulted in me being adopted, right? Just between the ages of four and five by my grandmother, my, mother, my maternal grandmother. And she raised us and put us through, a, I mean, I don't know how she did it put us through great schooling. Um, but in the midst of all of that, there was really one question that followed me. And the question is, who am I now? I'm three years old and I have no dad. You know, who am I now? I'm, I'm five and mom's nowhere to be found anymore. Mom just disappears off the face of the earth. Who am I now? I'm going through adoption and then the courts and, and people are telling me what's happening and how my life's going to be different. And, you know, we're, we're getting asked these questions. Have you been touched or talked to? Like, it's just this, this deep, experience or remember it and it's like who am i now and going through foster experience you know one of the unfortunate but very prevalent experiences of sexual abuse who am i now i go to school i get profusely bullied from sixth grade all the way through graduation who am i now not being able to connect with men and really the, 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 at the root of my experience is the majority of my life i have been deeply hurt by men and so i thought dad left these guys every time I connect with them they're either abusing or abandoning me fuck men quite frankly yeah you know I, I'm not dealing with men they, they they hurt harm or endanger me and so I spent most of my life being deeply afraid scared and distancing myself from from my peers and men in general and I think a big part of what I'm doing today which is the dichotomy is that it's the only thing that I'm focused on right now is really creating spaces creating content in communities for boys and men to be able to be witnessed by one another, to be able to break through their personal challenges so that they cannot leave a legacy, but live it. Wow. Wow. Isn't that amazing how all that resistance to men has led you there, you know, almost to heal it, not, you know, for yourself and others. And I'm sure you've seen that your pain is not the only pain where men are concerned. Is that right, Javon? Not, not at all. And I, I believe overall, for all of us, I think our greatest challenge as a man or a woman is also the thing that we were born to teach others. And for me, it's certainly that question that I still lives with me today is, am I man enough to build this business? Am I man enough to be in this relationship? Am I man enough to own this conversation, own this room, own this stage? Am I man enough? It, it's just a question that continues. And I think a lot of people whether you're a dream, whether you consider yourself a dream or not, I believe that we all are. It's just some of us are at different phases of the REM cycle. But I think that the important thing to understand is that your story is your superpower. And for a long time, my story was something I was afraid to share, afraid to let people in on having this mindset that they're going to take advantage of me, that they're going to think different of me. And I wanted to control the narrative. And in that surrendering of letting go of how people saw me, 
just so many gifts came through. And I think a lot of people are holding back their stories as content creators in any business. We're in the storytelling business, no matter what you do from sales, health and wellness, to, to nursing, to, to hair and makeup. We're all in the storytelling business. We're telling a story, whether it's beauty, love, connection, depth. And it's so important that the first story that we tell is our own. Right. Well said. And so when you said, am I man enough? You know, asking yourself that question, I sense, you know, that's in response to a doubt or, or a challenge that you're facing. So am I to get that even you, as you're traveling this course of life and, and, you know, creating a lot of new things out in the world that you too have doubts and fears and uncertainties? Oh my God, they, they run rampant. I think, I think you're like this. I think that everybody has an inner critic. And if you take your index finger and just tap the center of your forehead, it sits right there. My inner critic, his name is Stuart. And Stuart wears tight black <laughs> Levi jeans and he's got a black leather jacket and a black kitten boot. And he's got a cigarette in his right hand, not because he's right-handed, but because he thinks he's right about every damn thing. And every time I walk into a business meeting or I stand on a stage or I go to create a proposal, he's telling me, you're not worthy of that amount of money. You're not worthy of being in this room. You're not worthy of being at this table. And the key is to understand that the voice, it starts off so gentle and it's so easy to believe. And over time, it becomes so heavy that you that it seems insurmountable. And the goal is not to control the voice or control the critic rather, but to manage it. That's why they call it inner work. And mm-hmm. so for me, it's just been years of really develop, developing a relationship with Stuart where I can tell him to take a seat and put him in the passenger seat or put him in the back seat or the trunk in some moments and really to and own my space, not feeling like I'm taking up someone else's. Yeah, cool. I'm so glad you brought up, you know, the fact that a relationship with Stuart. So Stuart's on the journey. Instead of trying to control him, hate on him, reject him, it's like, dude, you ain't driving my car, however. No, you know, no. let's, See, let's get the seats Stuart right. Stuart and I are cool. We're cool now. We're on the same page. Stuart knows who the boss is, but that journey of changing that narrative and staying in the practice of telling yourself, no. I am abundant. Nope. Opportunities flow my way endlessly and effortlessly. Nope. I am more than enough. Nope. I belong at this table. Nope. I was cordially invited and changing the story so that it serves me and also supports the direction where I'm going, whether it's personally or professionally. I have a funny thing to say and something that you just um, really <laughs> opened up for me was that the funny thing to say is that Nat would be kicking Stuart off the bus because she can't handle the smoke. But my, <laughs> my other thing that you just reminded me of so brilliantly is if Stuart wasn't on the road, the ro- on the journey with you, you wouldn't have the clarity of what really matters to you. Because I just got when you were saying, nope, I was cordially invited here. Nope. All those things that Stuart's saying are actually the opposite of what you want. And, and by Stuart bringing those forward, you are clearly um, saying, hey, this is actually what I want. So, so I hope everybody is hearing from Javon, firstly, how he personified, you know, like the fears and the doubts. So to me, what's great about that is you take it from 
that, like you said, that subtle voice that almost feels like it's your own to this other entity. So when you kind of like separate it like that, it gives you an understanding that that's not your inner voice. Like that's not your um, inner guidance. It's actually, it's part of the journey. Got it. Yeah. And, so, and it, I'll say this too. I think a big part of that too is that uh, environment plays such an instrumental role. And a lot of us put ourselves in environments where that voice is being fed, right? Not the inner child voice, yeah. but the critic is being fed. We put ourselves in relationships where the critic is being fed. We put ourselves in circumstances where that voice is being fed. And so being fed and the key is really for me, it's been one, developing a relationship with myself and two, developing a community around me that supports the person who I am in the process of becoming. And a lot of us are not selective with the people that we're spending time with. And a lot of what I teach with men is teaching them how to self-educate, right? To build their awareness so they can self-heal those homeless places inside themselves, the wounds, the scars, the shame, the guilt, right? Which is choice, making choices so that ultimately they can self-generate and it can produce and live a life that's based on results. You can be, as you said, there's the dream, they're the dreamers, and then there's what? The, the make it, well, as Nat would say, the make should happen, errs? The make should happen, right? The make should happen. And I am living and leading a life based on results. I'm not caught up. The critic doesn't catch me up. It doesn't throw a wrench in my entire day. I have moments. And I think the most important thing, just to kind of wrap this, this piece up, is the point is not to get rid of the critic. It's to develop a relationship with the critic. Yeah. The point is not to get over shit. It's to live above shit. The shit doesn't go away. My abuse, my dad dying, my mom on drugs, that shit doesn't go away. Mm. But how I choose to live with it, the story I tell myself about those things can, and that makes all the difference. Yeah, that's really clear. Um, I love that, that you help and coach so many people because your, your clarity comes through in this um, interview. And so one of the results that, that you've created that I find really inspiring is the mentor. And, you know, even how it's centered around the idea of mentorship mentor is really playing on the words there. I thought that was just awesome and clever. So it's really on fire in LA, this program. And, you know, I watched the video and, and saw the, um, you know, this is actually happening. These boys are interacting, but I'm going to just stop because I like, can you just describe what the mentor is first before I want to get into it a little bit? Yeah. yeah it's deeply woven in my mission, which is really to call attention to and offer solutions to the imbalances and injustices in men and masculinity. And the, the bigger feat here is really to, you know, people are, some people are focused on homelessness, on gun violence, on sex trafficking, on war, there's, there's, there's really big industries that are really destroying the world. For me, I think the cardinal crisis known to man right now is the silent suffering of men. And the mentor is a vehicle to support men in breaking through the silence and giving them a space where they can be witnessed and seen and show up powerfully because if we can feed the men, then they will stop failing the boys. And I feel that a lot of our men are being malnourished by society, by media, by music, and which is why our, so many of our boys are malfunctioning. And a lot of what the mentor does, we facilitate you know, uh, events for young boys in schools. And we bring a lot of somatic coaching. We bring in tons of 
restorative practices, and we bring men, most importantly, to the campuses of middle and high schools, and we bring in the boys into the rooms, and we have deep and meaningful conversations. We do a lot of, uh, make it, put a lot of effort into really engaging these boys in conversations that bring and brighten their awareness to the surface. So it's, it's really profound to see a man sit across from a boy and for a boy to open his heart and to see the gifting happening back and forth, to see the man find himself in the eyes of that boy, to see the boy see possibilities in the eye of that man. There's no greater gift. And I think that my philosophy is that the world's greatest challenges are the direct result of dysfunctional men. Mm. And men are dysfunctional because they're at war within their hearts and minds and they don't have space, they don't have room to call in a bigger life, to call in, a, play a bigger game, to dream the dream. There's no space to dream the dream. Right. They're not breaking through because they're holding on to narratives, shame, guilt. It's heavy with both hands and they don't have room. Yeah. And so a big part of our mission is really creating room and, and creating spaces for those gifts to really shine through. It's incredible when you actually watch the interaction um, of these boys and they're, they are engaged, they are interacting and I can see the space being created. And I want to like dive into the creation of the idea because this was an idea of something that you wanted to do out in the world. And then we literally have the boy and the space being created on campus, you know? So it, it actually lived, it's, it's in the light of day. So how did that process, do you have a process for bringing ideas, um, you know, and to actually make shit happen? Do you have a process for that, Javon? Yes, the first, the first thing I do, I love white paper and pens. I, I, <laughs> you know, I grew up in a household with a grandmother who was a church going, God praising woman. She loves the Lord. And I, I too believe in God. And what I, what I believe even deeper than that is that, you know, there are so many nuggets of wisdom that sit, that, that lie in these books, you know, from Judaism to Buddhism to Christianity. And the Bible, there's a verse that says, write the vision and make it plain. And I remember my grandmother always saying that, write it down. In other words, speak it into existence. And so I love writing ideas down. So even now I'm in my place in Bali right now. I got whiteboard all over the walls here of different visions in my personal life, my goals and dreams, my, my hit list, my risk list, the things that I'm, I'm really stepping into for the year 2019. Um, but I think my process is clarity. The clients that I work with, the men that I work with, they don't come to me because they're struggling financially, although that's what they say. They don't come to me because they want to have a deep and meaningful relationship, although that's what they say. They don't come to me because they don't have friends and deep and meaningful platonic relationships, but that's what they say. They come because they're missing one thing and one thing only, clarity. I feel a big part of my gifting is to be able to create that. And where that comes from, my process is through self-education. A lot of men don't know who they are. They don't know who they are. And I'm not, I'm not sure where this, where this came from, but men are not free until they discover who they are. Mm -hmm. And another way to say that is we're all in the process of becoming someone else. And if men are not showing up to practice, right? You've played sports, you're not to practice. Come game day, you can't play. 
So opportunities can, can be presented. The train can hit the, can hit the uh, station, but if you're not there, you get on. Yeah. you're going to miss a lot of opportunities. And there's so many men who are ascending up the ranks, but not ascending emotionally and spiritually. And, and they're at the top and they feel like the bottom. And I feel like what's the, the difference for me is clarity. I take the time to get clear. I ask questions. I come from curiosity at all times. Mentors. I ask tons of questions. I've surrounded myself with really brilliant people who yeah. can challenge me, who intimidate me, who give me, uh, you know, a leg up and, and cut this, this whole process, not short, but cut to the chase and get to the, the meat of it, the root. And so when you're developing this clarity and this self-education, you know, really encouraging people to, to get in there and, and know thyself, you know, know who you are um, so that, you know, in some ways you don't get taken over by who everybody else wants you to be. Um, does, does integrity come up? Like this is a word that people have different definitions. I'm curious what your definition of integrity, but um, is that part of it? Like men, you know, it's not even just men. Hey, this is a, this is a thing. Translate everything that Javon's saying and his focus, which I think helps and just transfer it over human beings. So talk to us about human beings and integrity. Yeah. Integrity is one of my core values um, along with autonomy, community building. Those are, those are definitely uh, top, top five. I think for me, integrity is, you know, we talked prior to this call, there's this mm -hmm. being honest and then there's being transparent. And I think integrity is to be transparent with oneself. And the difference between the two is honesty requires one sense, the mind, right? To be able to communicate that you can think it and you're good. But transparency is to go a level deeper maybe five level deep because it requires all five senses. You fit when you're being transparent with somebody, you can feel it on a cellular level. Your hands sweat, right? Your eyes start to water, your mouth gets dry. Everything's tuned in. You're locked and loaded. You're present in those moments. And I think a lot of us have trouble with transparency because of the judgment we place on ourselves, because of our experiences, because of our stories, because of, of wanting to protect ourselves ultimately. And it's integrity is, is probably the most single challenging uh, thing for people. I think, you know, for me, you know, there's, I think, I think transparency is exquisite honesty. Mm. That's how I would say it. Being and exquisitely honest, being unapologetically and unreasonably honest is what transparency is. Going the distance, no matter what it looks like, no fear of judgment but doing it for the dream. The dream requires all of you. And if you show up to a meeting, to an opportunity, to, to a relationship, just given the parts that feel good, the parts that look shiny, you're gonna get just a portion back. And for me, I think the difference too, after writing the vision, making the plane, I go all in. Mm. I'm sold out. And I was, just, I was just talking about this on live the other day and I said, I think a lot of people are not sold on what they're selling. As an entrepreneur, I'm selling my story. Everybody I meet, you know, I don't have a three master's degrees or a PhD or all these trainings and certificates. I have my story. The last 10 years, I have shared my stories on stages and rooms and workshops, you know, and I've learned how to tell my story with layers, with texture, with color, so people can find themselves in it. 
and I think it's so easy to lose sight of being in, being in, in being in integrity with your story makes a world of difference and it shifts people's perception of you and, that, and the dynamics of relationships when you can when you can step into that period wow that's that's really that's great i really do resonate with this definition of transparency over just honesty like it's a deepening i suppose of that definition and so something you said is really interesting if you show up to a meeting and you don't give all of yourself you won't get all of it back you know and you said it much more eloquently um so in order for you to be able to tell your story with such integrity is that um what's the practice i mean you you are kind of alluding to this but what's the practice of that does, does that make sense like what's the daily do of yeah, that yeah let me just say there's somebody who is listening to this, this podcast right now and is wondering, you know, I got a story to tell, but I don't want to tell that part. The truth hurts. You got to tell the truth until it doesn't hurt. That's what I mean by being in the practice. I didn't want people to know that I'm a black man who has no dad. Oh, not the only one whose mom or parents on drug up oh, another check on the belt there who was adopted by somebody other than their mom up oh, another notch in the belt there. I'm the quintessential African American man. Mm. Only thing I haven't done is get locked up, done drugs, and 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 and, and, and I mean, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And I felt embarrassed by my story. I don't want anybody to know the truth. So I said, I'm a student athlete, and you know, I play sports, and, and um, yeah, uh, and I really—that's all I had. That was the card I played. I was an athlete well through my twenties, and I, I leaned on that. And then I started modeling. Now I'm a model. And I hid behind all of these masks so to protect myself. And I wasn't making the money I wanted to make. I wasn't having the deep and meaningful relationships and friendships. I did, wasn't in a romantic relationship for a number of years because I wasn't authentic. I wasn't authentic. And it showed. The results showed. Based on results, I didn't have that. And the moment I started getting on YouTube and on Instagram and on Facebook, being vulnerable with my story and sharing it, and people are saying, Javon, me too. I got what you got. I'm building an audience now. Now I've got this thing called a following. Now I'm influencing because people can find themselves. People are hurting. The world is hurting right now. And we think that we're the only ones going through what we're going through. And we need voices who can and are willing to participate in this rescue of society, especially and specifically men, which is why I'm, I'm very much focused on these, you know, in many ways, men are leaders of the community, of the households, of the office space. Like they, they're put in these positions and a lot of them are broken boys right. and they need to be supported. They need to be healed and learn how to make peace with their pieces. Mm, very good. Wow. I really got what you just described. Thank you for the example of your own life where you have many parts to your story, but you were choosing you know, to lead with the shinier ones. Um, and in some ways, yeah, your effectiveness wasn't there because people couldn't find themselves in the shiny story. So yeah, I really appreciate how you describe that. And I mean, for those of you listening and you also have a story to tell, I, I think Javon just told you the practice is, am I uncomfortable? Is this, uh, is this making my palms sweat? Is this developing 
you know, different senses is this calling on them, then you know that your story is starting to be more authentic, you know, have more integrity in it. And also that your results in your life were in parallel to you and this self-education. So um, Javon's dream of really going and, and speaking to the broken boys, you know, that's, that's his area. And so whatever yours is, you know, keep going deeper and you're at the source of the delivery. You're the, you're the vessel, you're the deliverer. So, you know, Javon, I feel like we just scratched the surface. I mean, and with you, we never want to just scratch surface because you like to go deep. And um, as my family tells me, maybe I do too. Um, but all this says to me is that I really, 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 really would love to continue the conversation. Um, would you be up for that another time? Absolutely. Okay. I appreciate you so much. Um, I feel like our meetup was, our meeting was a divine encounter. And I'm so grateful for that. And I look forward to our next conversation that, that kind of addresses people at their next juncture, you know, because people like you and I, they move. They, they move to a new place. So um, this conversation was exactly where it needed to be now. And I want to thank you all the way from Bali in a rainstorm with internet challenges. And, you know, Barcelona met Bali. And here we are. So thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> so much love to you. Thank you so much for having me on. Love to both of you, Nat and my little Jordy Jordy. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Don't forget to join the community at bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show to download your three-step journal and participate in weekly lives found only in our private group. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You've got to rate and review the show. And I know all the podcasts are always asking this. And in the past, I wasn't doing it. And the reason I wasn't doing it is because I actually didn't know how to do it. So open your podcast player and click on our show from your library, not the listen now. That's where I was going wrong in the past. So now that you know how to do it, when you go there, make sure you give us a five-star review. Five stars, five stars, five stars. And then click on write a review link to actually write a review so that you can tell other people that we're legit and even funny, maybe a bit serious. So if you want to recommend this to someone, you have to put your fingers on the keys and send us a review. Thanks.